Hey everybody, welcome to another inspiring message recorded live at Eagles Nest Church. We believe that what you're about to hear will encourage your soul, enrich your spirit, and expand the vision God has for your life. Now get ready to soar with today's special guest speaker. It is such an honor to be back here with you guys this morning. I am grateful for what God is doing here at Eagle's Nest. I'm grateful for my brother, Pastor Lee, for my sister, Pastor Martika, and I am really grateful for our time here this morning. Is it okay, Eagle's Nest, if I just teach you this morning? Okay, see, only half the front row, only the first two or three rows in the back. Is it okay if I just teach you this morning? Thank you. Thank you for permission. You see, I've been studying, and I'm so, so grateful for this opportunity because it's right in the wheelhouse of where I have been. I have been studying this idea of human flourishing. Human flourishing refers to an optimal state of well-being. It refers to a sense of I'm good. I'm really good. And human flourishing is the ideal that majority of people want to experience. How many of you, when you hear about this idea of flourishing, does that attract you? I mean, does that sound like it might be something that you're interested in? I'm glad. Because this idea of human flourishing, believe it or not, is found in Scripture. In fact... John 10.10 said something very interesting. Jesus said these words to us. If I can have John 10.10 on the screen, he said, I have come, read it with me, that they may have, okay, and that they may have more abundantly. Let's read it one more time so I can make sure that everybody has understood what Jesus said His purpose was, what does he say? I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You see, this more abundant life that Jesus came to give us is what the Bible refers to in Greek as zoe. Zoe life is the God kind of life that Jesus came to give us. In the state of human flourishing, for the believer, I say it is Zoe life that we are after as believers. We are not necessarily just looking for the ideal of human flourishing, optimal state of well-being, got my groove on. We, as believers, know and understand that Jesus said, I've come to give you life More abundantly, I've come to give you Zoe, God kind of life. Let's define it. Zoe, by definition, is a quality of life that is considerably more than what one expects or anticipates. Would you like to help me this morning? Then turn to a neighbor and said, What you expecting? Turn to your other neighbor and said, God's got way more than that. Come on, somebody. That little bit of stuff 
that you're expecting, just a little bit of grace, just a little bit of peace, just a little bit of money. God's got way more than that. Because see, the Zoe life that Jesus sacrificed his life for is how we define our state of being. A quality of life that is considerably more than what you expect or anticipate. What are you expecting? What are you anticipating right now? Jesus has already provided Zoe for you and for me, the God kind of life. But can we go a little bit deeper? You see, the Zoe life, what I'm going to explain to you in the next few minutes that we have together, is how the kingdom of God operates. You are in a series. I loved it when I was talking to Pastor Lee about the Holy Spirit. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Because at the end of the day, Zoe is not external. Hmm. Hmm. So if I was to follow each one of you home, roll on up to the crib, that's not going to tell me whether or not you've experienced Zoe. You know, how many square feet you got? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether or not your car is electric or gas. <laughs> Clothes that you're wearing. Wait, wait, your paycheck on Friday? That doesn't tell me whether or not you're experiencing Zoe. Anybody ever had the opportunity to meet somebody who had more money than you and they were miserable? Anybody, anybody. Anybody met someone that had maybe less than you and they weren't miserable? You see, Zoe is this God kind of life that is internal. You see, the way the kingdom of God works, don't ever forget this, especially as your pastor is laboring with you to move you into this help of the Holy Spirit. Do not forget, the kingdom of God is upside down and inside out. What does that mean? Upside down. They did me wrong, Phil. And so the world says, girl, you better get them back. Vengeance is mine. And I will repay, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Oh, no, you did not come at me. Okay, let's go. Let's go. That's the way that we do it. The upside-down way is, how about if you turn the other cheek? Wait, what, what you, so they can get this cheek too? Are you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Wait, don't, don't cuss? Pray? What? You know, my husband, he came at me. You saw he came at me, Lord. I have got to respond. I have a moral obligation to respond. But the upside-down kingdom says, close your mouth because without a word, you can still win him. Woo! That's upside-down. Wait, inside-out. Inside-out means that Everything in the kingdom of God starts within you. Out of you come all the stuff that you got going on in your life right now. Out of you come all of those relationships that are broken. Out of you come the money that's not right because you won't show up to work on time. Okay, out of you come all of the ugly, all of the anxiety, all of the frustration out of you comes those things. 
So the kingdom of God has got to start working deep within so that Zoe can begin to be cultivated so that you can see it on the outside. So what car you pulled up to get today in is not evidence of Zoe. Your address is not evidence of Zoe. Your entourage is not <laughs> evidence of Zoe. Zoe flourishes in a human heart that is connected to the Holy Spirit and moves through the seasons of one's soul. Before you clap, because I, you know, I ain't near my done yet. You ain't finna get me off the stage yet. We gotta define some more things now. Let's define what a season of the soul is. I want you to know something. A season of our soul where Zoe is being cultivated is an internal state of being, which what? Read it with me. Influences. Let's unpack it. An internal season of my soul. An internal season of my soul. When you've journeyed long enough in life, I don't care if you're 14 or 74, you have moved through in your life seasons. How many have ever experienced summertime in your soul? You know, you laying down, sipping Mai Tais by the pool. You, everything is good. It's flourishing. It's warm. You feel great on the inside. How many of you then have moved into fall where those seasons change? You know, you put on your little scarf and you have your little Starbucks and you're just walking around. You know, life is still changing. It's good. Then maybe you've experienced winter, you know, where you're snuggled up by the fire on the inside and everything is still cold and it might might look barren, but inside in your soul, you know, you still have that snuggle-duggle feeling. And then you move back into spring, opportunities, growth, we're soaring, we're building, we're moving, and you keep going through these cycles. But let me submit to you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that if somebody, the Lord, were to open up your soul right now, what season would he be walking into? Did somebody say it's cold in there? <laughs> that means you're tracking with me. You're tracking. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and just, you know, touch him by the hand if you can. Don't be, don't be weird. And, you know, you know what I'm saying right now? And just kind of whisper. What's, what season you think your soul's in right now? Whisper. Okay, see? The men are acting weird. The women, the, they acting weird. They won't do it. Come on now. What season do you think your soul... Is it in winter? Is it in spring? Is it in summer? Is it in fall? Because Zoe looks different in every season that we experience in our soul. And today, if we're going to really unpack what Zoe looks like, the God kind of life, we've got to step into, all the way into, what season we are in right now internally in our soul. And I only have time to unpack one season with you. 
So I'm going to trust that you get the concept that you are moving through various seasons in your soul. And I'm going to trust that you understand the concept that the kingdom of God is upside down, inside out. And I'm also going to trust that you understand to know that the Holy Spirit and you work together in the season that your soul is in to produce Zoe life. That's the cycle, plain and simple. So let's talk about my favorite season which is the fall. <laughs> look at the, look at they, they got my, they got me in the back. I like that. Fall, Zoe in the fall. What does Zoe look like if your soul is experiencing fall? Well, if your soul is experiencing fall, these are some markers, some indications that you might be in this season. Let me put a caveat here. We are human beings. We are created in God's image. You can be going through multiple seasons at one time. It could be winter in your marriage and spring in your job. It could be summertime with your kids and winter on your job. You could be experiencing all four seasons at one time. It could be winter in your body and physical health or life going through that dormant season, but other sections of your life are experiencing different kinds of seasons. So when you are walking and journeying with me in these few moments, and I'm pointing out and highlighting just fall, this is to give you an indication on what might it look like when... Not if, when your soul goes through the fall season. Why am I spending so much time talking about this idea of seasons and fall and changing? Because the kingdom of God is on an agricultural model. The kingdom of God works seed time and harvest. The kingdom of God works inside you before it comes out. You and I are the gardeners of our souls. So you must know what season your soul is in so that you can take care of what's happening on the inside with the work and the help of the Holy Spirit. This is a tandem partnership. It is not God does the work and you just sit back and, oh, oh. It is together we do this work. Fall is marked by change. What needs to change in your life? Are you feeling or sensing that change needs to happen? Tony and I spend a great deal of time and always have. Tony is my husband, by the way. He's over here. And all throughout our marriage, we've been married, it's going to be 38 this year. That's, that's what I'm saying. Wow. We done been through some seasons together. But we spend, and we always have, I was thinking about this, we've spent a lot of time in our car. 
No matter where we've lived, when we first got married in Alabama, when we first um, got first place out in Iowa, why in the world God sent us to Iowa? I still don't know. No disrespect if anyone's from Iowa listening, but it was not for us. <laughs> Upstate New York, Florida, we always spend a great deal amount of time in our cars. And recently, we unpack everything, life, what's going on, what we're thinking. Sometimes it's just silence, but the other morning we were in our car and we were discussing change. This idea of change, what does it look like? Tony has been in a season of change as I have been. And change comes down to the decisions that we make that we can't stay where we are right now. And if you are feeling that in any kind of way, stagnant, stuck, I got to change. If your wife or your husband or your kids have said, you need to change, you are in the fall season of your soul. If your boss has said, change, if you hear change, 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 that's an indication that your soul might be in a fall season. Letting go. Why are you still holding on to the unforgiveness? Mm. Why are you still holding on to being right? Why are you still holding on to what they said to you 25 years ago? Why are you still holding on to the argument that you had at 8.15 this morning? Why are you still holding on? Letting go. Letting go is another indication that you are in the fall season of your soul. We cannot hold on and then move into the work of the Holy Spirit. He wants it all dug up. And renewal. You know how in the fall, the leaves change, the colors are beautiful. It's a sign that old is done, and it's time for the new to start. Do you need to be renewed this morning? Does your thinking need to be renewed? Do your feelings need to be renewed? Do you need to be renewed as who you are internally so that your life can begin to flourish and produce what God has intended? These are the indicators of the fall season, but that wasn't good enough for me, just indicators. We must do a case study. I need you to see. I want to see what a soul looks like in the fall season so that I can know what Jesus does when I'm here. Case study this morning is Martha. Anybody familiar with Martha? Let me get a sip of tea. Martha is found where we're going to pick her up in Luke chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. What does the Bible say? Let's read. Martha was very busy and distracted with all her serving responsibilities. And she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. But what did the Lord reply? Read it with me. Martha, Martha, you are and and about but everybody say one thing. Martha, 
Martha, Martha. We look at Martha and we go, shame on Martha. Shame on you, girl. You needed to be like your sister Mary and just sit at his feet. I love Martha. I am Martha. I don't have time to sit at your feet, Jesus, because why? Your entourage and you are here. Excuse me. Get these shoes on. Um, and I need to make sure that y'all have enough to eat. I cannot call up Burger King or Pizza Hut to feed all of these people. And during this time, if it was to be, it was up to Martha and them to make bread from scratch, to cook the food, to make sure that everybody had enough to eat. She was busy and distracted, and she was bothered by what was going on. So let's look at these words closer. This is in the fall season of your soul. Has any Anyone ever been busy? Oh, you have. Okay. There was an interesting article that I read, and his name is Michael Lopp, and it's entitled The Seven Levels of Busy. Y'all will appreciate this. There's carefree, not too busy. Casual, I got some stuff to do. I got a few commitments, but I'm good. Significant commitments. Uh, I have to really, you know, I no longer have a commitments that... I can just think about it in my head. I got to write these things down. Then there is I'm at capacity busy. Uh, my to-do and my calendar are full. Then there's busy where there are cracks, cracks in the facade. I tell myself all things are okay, but you know what? If daily surprises happen, something's going to start showing. Then there's crushed Crushing commitments, the incoming number of things are beyond my ability to triage, and then there is collapsed, unsustainable. Anybody relate to any of these seasons of busy? Well, Martha was way beyond her capacity here. And in the fall season of our souls, it could feel that way. She was also distracted. The word distracted means extreme agitation of the mind. Extreme agitations of the emotions. Have you ever pulled off and went to work, but you were distracted because you were extremely agitated by something that had happened, something that was going to happen, and you couldn't focus? Anybody ever been distracted that way? Indication change needs to happen. She was also bothered. Bothered is, is something is getting on your nerves. Anybody ever been bothered? Something getting on your nerves. And then finally, anxious. This is a full mental distress or uneasiness. Martha was experiencing all of this, ladies and gentlemen, in the very presence of Jesus. Zoe was sitting right there. She was serving Zoe, and she was still unable to embrace the God kind of life that he was there to give her. And guess what? This is exactly where we are right now. A good majority of us bothered, anxious, busy. Jesus is trying to chase you down. Can, can, can I get your, can I get your attention? I, I got you, Jesus. I got you. I got you. I got But you're not busy physically. You're busy in your soul. Yeah, 
You're distracted. You can't focus. There's time for change. And he wants you only one thing. Just sit down with me. Just sit down with me. Allow the Holy Spirit and I to begin to cultivate your garden. So what do we do? What do we do when the Holy Spirit begins to work if you find yourself and when you find yourself in this fall season? There are three things that Jesus wants to do when we are in this season. The question is, what does he want? What does he want? What does he want from me? How does Zoe show up for me during this season? I love the fact that tomorrow y'all are going into a fast. A fast is the time when you can cultivate the garden within. It's the time when you and Jesus can sit down and you can analyze what season am I in and what do you want to do, Lord? It's a time when you say, I'm not going to be busy. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to be bothered. I'm going to allow you to work in me. And there's three things that he wants to do. The first thing that he did with Martha, let's look at it, is he pruned dead branches. You know I have to have a prop, right, Eagle's Nest? Y'all know I got to have a prop. This is a tree. This is a tree that just lost all of its leaves. It's gone through autumn already, and all of its leaves are gone. But this tree represents what it looks like on the inside of you and me. Pruning is when you cut the branches of a tree back. For what purpose? Pruning allows trees to maintain their proper growth structure and fruit production. If you've never been pruned by the Holy Spirit, I'm going to question if you're in relationship with him. I'm still auntie, right? Is that, is that too hard? I will, if you've never felt what Martha felt when Jesus was pruning. You see, the interesting thing about pruning is that pruning and failure feel the same. <laughs> Jesus comes, Martha, Martha, baby girl, baby girl, you are worried, you are anxious about too many things. And what do we do? We feel like a failure. We feel like, oh, I've messed up. I've let God down. I cussed when I shouldn't have cussed. I hit when I shouldn't have hit. I did what I wasn't supposed to do, and we feel like we're a failure. But what he's doing is he is pruning. He is making sure that that branch that's growing, that's dead, that's not producing any fruit, any zoe, any life of God, he's making sure it doesn't mess up the rest of your structure. Martha, you're distracted and you're worried. So here's what I need you to do. Again, find another neighbor. You don't talk to these two too many. Look behind you. Look around you. 
And again, look at your neighbor, come on now, and touch their hand. I've been working with my grandson on whispering, and here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna whisper, and you're gonna say, don't be worried. Don't be distracted. He's just pruning. Tell him, he's just pruning. He's just pruning. He's just pruning. He's just pruning. And for all of y'all who were disobedient and didn't do it, now do it again. Tell them, he's just pruning. He's just pruning. He's just pruning. We're in the fall. He's just pruning. Relax. Your attitude needs to be pruned. You need to let it go. You need to say, I'm sorry. You need to forgive. He's just pruning. Close your mouth. Stop worrying. I got them bills, girl. I got you, boy. I got you. I'm just pruning. Is that okay? All right. Number two, what does he want to do? Number two, he wants to, oh, I didn't, read, I didn't read my scripture. Come on, guys. Go back to the scripture. You know I want every branch. Read it with me. That what? What's the purpose of the pruning? How many want more fruit? You see, let me say this to you. Peace is not something that comes from the outside. That was good. Yes. Peace is something you cultivate within. <laughs> Love don't come from the outside. You can't sleep your way through enough love. Ah! You can't do it. Love is cultivated from within. Joy. Can't nobody make you happy, baby. Can't nobody do it. Joy is cultivated from within. Self-control. Them chicken wings wasn't going down your throat. That pizza, those, those big old muffins that you... No, self-control is cultivated from within. Gentleness. You can't be gentle on your home. It's the work of the Holy Spirit as he's pruning them branches. Number two, what do we got to do? Now we got to get deep. Oh, we got to dig up some roots for every tree, no matter how big it is, bigger the tree, deeper the roots, deeper the roots. What happens when your roots is jacked? Woo, what happens when your roots are jacked? Let's read what the scripture says in Romans 12. What does it say? But what? Some of the digging up of the roots. Let me give you this really quickly. You need to write down, I need to let him dig up these bad life sentences. Let me explain what that means. My friend, Dr. Uchenna Baker, talks about this idea of life sentences that we give ourselves. You know, you are all that in a bag of chips. You know those affirmations when you pump yourself up in the morning? I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. You're building life sentences. But see, many of us have life sentences that are not doing us any good. I'm never going to make that money. I can't keep a job. That was my father's life sentence. And how do I know? He kept getting fired. That's what you're telling yourself. I can't keep a job. I'll never find happiness. I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough, smart enough, cute enough, 
white enough, black enough, Asian enough, enough. Those life sentences that we have imposed on ourselves are what Jesus needs you and I to dig up, especially when we're in the fall season of our life. The life sentences that are no longer serving you, the life sentences that say you can't live this Christian life, that's a lie. That is a lie that you have believed and it's worked its way out into your behavior. You can be lovable. You do not have to be miserable. You can forgive. You do not have to hold on to unforgiveness. You can be whole. You can be made well. But you have got to get rid of that stuff that says you can't. Don't buy your life sentences, especially if they are not serving you well anymore. And number three, what does he do? with us, he plants new seeds. So he's cutting back, he's digging up those roots that no longer serve. Roots anchor, roots feed. Those life sentences, if you do not dig them up that are not serving you, they will feed your internal self and you will then begin to believe it and become it. That's why he's got to change that up. And so when all of this is happening, he's also working with you. Let's see what the scripture says. Read it with me. Don't copy what? Of the customs of what? But let who? Into a what? By how? Pause right there. Find some other set of eyes and say, you got to change what you're thinking. You gotta change it, you gotta help me. You got to change what you are thinking. Because then what happens, let's read the rest of the scripture. Then you'll know what? God's will for you and what is good and what is pleasing and what is perfect. So the way that you and I are designed neurologically, now I'm moving into our brains. That's in our heart. Let's talk about how our brains work. Those life sentences create ruts. What is a rut? Anybody ever seen an old wooden rocking chair that has rocked in the same place for a very long time and it's got grooves on the wooden floor? That's exactly what happens in our brain. Thoughts create pathways or ruts. That thought that says, I'm never going to, I'm not, all of those negative thoughts have created ruts in or pathways in our brains. And what the Holy Spirit will do is when a thought is removed, it must be replaced. That's the problem, that we're trying to remove thoughts and think other ways, but we're not actively replacing. The planting of the new seed, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to set up a garden for success, which means every day you got to open up this word of God, which is seed. And this word has to get in your heart, in seed form. Then it's got to be cultivated, watered, grow, and then God will give the increase and you'll see the things that you've been planting. When you look at your life right now, what do you see? What do you see? Because that's an indication on what you've planted. 
We are all responsible for the gardens of our heart. The kingdom of God is lived upside down, inside out. And you and I are the gardeners of our souls. And you and I are responsible for the soil and for the production, for the ability for those seeds, those new seeds to be planted, especially in the fall time. If you think that it's the preacher's fault because they didn't preach good enough, it's God's fault because he didn't do what he said he was going to do. It's mama and them's fault because they did and they are who they are. If you've blamed everyone else for what is supposedly your responsibility, then you need to allow the God kind of life to become your ultimate goal. And I'm done. Let's pray. Okay, okay. Moment of truth. God and I have been wrestling about this clothes because I keep saying, Lord, no, and he keeps saying yes and no and yes, and I'm going to stay with his yes. Because I understand what Pastor Lee is doing here. And I'm, I've made the assumption that everybody in here knows Lord. I've made the assumption that everybody in here is a believer. But I feel like God is saying, I want to give them an opportunity. Because here's the reality. Human beings go through the seasons of their soul. With or without God. I couldn't imagine living life in this day and age with all the you-know-what that we have got going on and not have the reliance of knowing that I know that I know I'm in relationship with Him and He's helping me within. But if you are here today or even watching and you know that you know that you know that if you walk out of this building and die, you will not be in the presence of the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity. And I want to just pray with you. I'm not going to make a big, long, drawn-out thing. If that's you, could you raise your hand? Is there anyone that that is you? Anyone? Anyone? I'm being obedient. I can't see. Is there anyone? I know this is a small place, but if it's not... It's okay. I just want to make sure that I'm being obedient. I'm going to give this a couple more seconds. If this is you, you do not know the Lord. You have not submitted to him as your personal Lord and Savior. If that is you, I can't see. I don't know if there's anyone there. Okay, I'm not going to belabor it. Let me pray for everyone, and then we will close this service. You have been absolutely fantastic. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for teaching. I thank you for leading. I thank you for guiding. I thank you for giving us an understanding of what your life looks like. I thank you, Lord, for my brothers and my sisters, for the deepening of their understanding of how your kingdom works, that it's upside down, that it's inside out. Help them, lead them, guide them, no matter what condition their soul is in right now, Lord, with your help, Holy Spirit. Help them plant new seeds. Help them dig up the roots that are no longer serving them. Help them 
understand your pruning process. And Lord, we will give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, guys. I love you. Welcome back. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If you'd like more information about Pastor Lee or Eagles Nest Church, visit our website at eaglesnestchurch.org. That's all one word, eaglesnestchurch.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay connected with us throughout the week. If you're ever in the Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Until next time, Eagles. Eagles.